Welcome to the Carolina Snowflakes podcast, where two Southerners come to terms with their liberal snowflake tendencies. We're your hosts. I'm Amanda. And I'm Jason. And we're here with this week's episode of the Carolina Snowflakes podcast. This episode is called Climbing Over Bodies, uh, which is a pretty metal name, and I really like it. It is super metal. Yeah, um... So I was going to start off by talking about uh, Mount Everest because it's been a thing that's been of interest to me. My brain does this thing where I just sort of get interested in things at random. And recently it's been mountaineering. Um, <laughs> my brain's interested in mountaineering. I have no desire to go mountaineering, mind you. Like, See, that's weird to me. None whatsoever. I relate to the part where you you dive headfirst into a subject that interests you. Mm-hmm. But for me, it's usually because I have a goal in mind of doing that thing. Yeah, I don't have any interest in like climbing any mountains at all, but I'm <laughs> I'm fascinated by the people who do. It's like cults. I'm interested in cults, but I don't have any interest in joining a cult. What about leading one? I would be okay with leading <laughs> one. But I don't have any interest in joining one, but I'm fascinated by the people who do. Um, same thing with Scientology. There's a lot of things, I think. Uh, prison. I watch all those prison shows like Lockdown oh, Raw. Oh, that's a good point. And, but but you, I don't have any interest yeah. in going to jail. Right. I just find the people who do these things interesting. And mountaineering is one that those people are absolutely crazy. And, it, and it's fascinating to me. And so I've gotten into a bit of a thing recently, you know, watching videos about mountains and mountaineering. And there's a phenomenon that happens on Mount Everest. Um, and other of the the really tall mountains that people talk about uh, and that I think is interesting. And it's the the phenomenon of people dying on the mountains uh, because they're so high and tall and they die for various reasons. And their bodies can't be retrieved. They're just sort of left there frozen on top of the mountain. And because it's so cold, it kind of mummifies their bodies. So That's so weird. For 20, 30, 40 years, these bodies are laying there in the same position they died in, and people just sort of go go past them. Mm-hmm. They just sort of climb past them and go to the summit. They're, they're kind of landmarks at this point, um, which is an interesting phenomenon that is just... Yeah, so it's like turn... It's like, okay, so go straight ahead and then turn left uh-huh, at the at dead, the dead guy, guy with the red jacket. Yeah, <laughs> like, and then ta- when you if you reach the dude with the yellow jacket, you've gone too you've far. You've gone too far. Turn around. Mm-hmm. Look for the guy in the blue shirt. Yes, <laughs> and like that's a weird phenomenon. It's really interesting to me. It's something. It triggered something in my brain that was like this means something or it's important. I don't know. So I started doing some looking into this, and I found out some stuff that I thought was pretty interesting. So. That's what this episode's about. It's about Mount Everest and other giant mountains that have bodies on them and that people climb past those bodies. Climbing over bodies. Mm-hmm. That's what I thought I would bring this week. So it's a bit of a dark one, but I think it's going to, it's going to, you'll see in the end why it all makes sense. So there's really, when it comes to the phenomenon of climbing over bodies, there's really like two mountains that I particularly want to talk about. The first one is the one everybody knows, and this is uh, Mount Everest. It's the tallest mountain in the world. Everyone knows who, what Mount Everest is all over the world. It's really popular to climb just sort of generally. And um, I thought I would you know, give a little backstory on Mount Everest so you can understand the bodies on there and how many there are and why people climb over it. 
So it's in the Himalayan mountains. Um, it's uh, on the, the, the border of China and Nepal goes straight through the summit of the mountain. Its elevation was actually most recently measured in 2020. Actually, during the pandemic, the only group of people who went to the top of Mount Everest were a Chinese uh, and Nepal surveying team that went oh. to get the official measure- measurements. Okay. Um, and I think it was because since no one else was climbing, it was the most opportune time for them to do it. Yeah, they had the whole <clears throat> mountain to themselves. Yeah, so we do know pretty exactly because they got laser beams and stuff now. So, Lasers. Yeah, so... <laughs> It is exactly 8,848.86 meters, which turns out to be about 29,031.7 feet. My goodness. Twenty, So, you know, tw- going near 30,000 feet right. tall, which is really fucking tall. I mean, that's two miles. Wow. Yeah. It's really tall. Um, And like I said, that was in 2020. So that's, that's a really accurate measurement. In fact... It's probably going to be a while before we get a measurement any more exact than that one. There's two main routes that people use to climb it. The one in Nepal is known as the standard route. The other one is actually technically Tibet, and you can go that way and summit the north face of Everest. Both sides have been summited. There are some people who have gone up both ways because they're they're bi-climbers and they go both ways. Uh, (laughs) Is that a thing? No. um, I just... (laughs) I just did that. It well, was I don't a know. Joke. You're the you're the knowledgeable mountaineering one. expert. I was like bike climbers. Interesting. <laughs> no, there are people who who totally decide they want to summit from both sides because it, it proves something that they're extra great. Um, I think it's more expensive to go up the Tibetan side as a rule. I would assume so because my understanding is that climbing Everest is kind of like um. I mean, they've turned it into sort of like a tourist destination yes, at this point. Yes, it is. Point, mm-hmm. Where it's like you 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 book a stay and you mm-hmm. a year out and you and you go and yeah climb. Uh, according to the database, uh, as of January 2019, there's been 5,294 people who have summited Mount Everest. So 5,294 people have made it to the top. You get a, on average seven to eight hundred climbers per year are going to be trying this. Um, a lot of them don't make it. To the top. They don't all die, but a lot of them don't. They turn around. They can't hack it. Uh, It is not an easy thing to do. Yeah, it's really tough. Because a certain thing happens once you get to 8,000 meters, you enter this thing called the death zone. And that is where your body, there's just not enough oxygen. Your body is just going to start to die. And even if you have supplemental oxygen, it's not enough. Your body is just going to start to die. It just can't function. There's too little oxygen. There's too cold. There's too much... There's too little pressure. It just fucks your body and your body just starts to die. Hmm. So people go up there with supplemental oxygen. People have supplemented it, have summited without supplemental oxygen, which is really nuts. Uh, if you're in a good enough shape, you can do it. But it's a real bitch. And your body's gonna be dying as you as you're as you're <laughs> as you're climbing. Yeah. Um so they get a thing called summit fever, which is where you want to reach the summit so bad you just focus really hard on it. You're just so in tune to the goal. You get the summit fever. And because of the lack of oxygen, your decision-making is poor. It's like you're really, really high. They will decide to climb, to risk everything to make it to the summit. But they forget that that's only halfway there. To to actually summit, you have to come back down. Mm-hmm. And um, that is actually where most people have died on Everest. It's after reaching the summit really? and coming back down. That most people die. Is it because they made it and then their body's like, okay, well, yep. I'm done here. Exactly. And they tap out. And, and most of the bodies are actually above the 8,000 meters, which is where uh, 
it's really you you just start dying like i said you they have to acclimate to actually be able to go up there so they will go above 8000 meters and sleep and then they wake up feeling like absolute hammered shit and have to go down and sleep at like 7000 meters for a day and rest and then go back up and then back down and they do that a couple of times to get their body used to it because what will happen is your body will produce more red blood cells because of the lack of oxygen in order to process the little amount better and so over time your body will get somewhat acclimated and you can make an attempt to go that last 800 meters to the very very summit and that is what people do but that is also how people die Mm. and so it was actually first named for sir george everest he was the guy who first surveyed mount everest for the british um Obviously, the people there knew about the mountain. Right. I was going to say, like, weren't there people around before? Yes. That guy? And they knew plenty about the mountain, but he was the first guy to come there and do it the British way. Oh. Mm-hmm. So it's named after him because mm-hmm. he did it the British way. He measured it in meters. I don't think they were measuring in meters. Either way, that's where the name came from. In 1924, George Mallory and Andrew Irvin made a summit attempt on June 8th, and they were, there was a photo of, of George Mallory and Andrew Irvin. Literally 200 meters from the summit. They are not very far at all, and they have a photograph from 1924, but they vanished and never came back down. Oh. So this photograph was found on the body of, I believe, Andrew. His body was found in the 80s, and they had the camera still on it, and it was cold enough. So like 60 years later. Yes, the film was preserved, and they found this picture and said, like, okay, well, they were really fucking close. We don't know if they made it or not. Um, it's interesting too. His family has been interviewed and his son has said, as far as he's concerned, summiting requires getting back down. So his dad didn't even make it. He's like, if he did make it, he only made it halfway. He didn't make it back down. Yeah, dad. Yeah. So he didn't really do it. Yeah. Because there's some controversy. Like, would he have been the first guy? I know. I get it. But kind of talking shit about his pops. A little bit. But I think he's also implying that like, if you go up there and die, you haven't really accomplished like your goal, right? Your goal is to not die. He also is probably pretty bitter. Yeah. His dad dad died. He was a baby. Went off to Everest to die and, and didn't raise him. Yeah. And he died when he was a baby. So he probably was a little pissed. Yeah. Yeah. He was like, dad didn't, if anything, he made it halfway. Dad's priorities were all jacked up. I think that's a little bit of the dude's opinion, yeah. So that's the son of George Mallory. Um, <laughs> They've never found George Mallory's body, but they have found the other guy. I've seen video of when they found it in the 80s. Um, The body was in pretty damn good shape, and it had a camera. So That's wild. Uh-huh. So the next person that actually made it to the summit was not till 1953. So 24 to 53, there was almost 30 years where between these two things where nobody made it to the top. And at that time, it was a guy named Tenzig Norgay and Sir Edmund Hillary. Mm. At the time, he was just Edmund Hillary, um, who was a New Zealander. He went up with his Sherpa, this guy Tenzig Norgay, who had been on Everest climbs before, and they trusted each other. The two of them made the first official ascent in 1953. They made it to the top and made it down. Um, And they had a picture to prove it. Although, interestingly... Sir Edmund Hillary is not in that photo. It is a photo of Tenzig, the Sherpa. And um, he Hillary says that Tenzig couldn't operate a camera. So there's no picture of him on the summit, which is wild. So you climb this All the way. gigantic mountain. Uh-huh. And you have a camera with you. Uh-huh. And 
you're not able to take a picture because I guess they didn't have selfies. No, they didn't have like simple cameras. This is 1953. Imagine the camera was kind of complicated. And then the the Sherpa is like, yeah, I can't. Like, I don't do cameras. And he's like, I guess I'll just take a picture of you. So Hillary was like, all right, well. Yeah. Say cheese. Yeah. And so he snaps a photo of him on the summit. I found that really funny and it's interesting. It's kind of sweet. Yeah. Sort the of. fact that, like, although Tenzig Norgay's name isn't as big as Edmund Hillary's, it does help him live in the legend just as much as Hillary because there's actually a photo of him mm -hmm. in 1953. And he's the one on the summit. Which I like because he deserves as much credit as the New Zealander does. He yeah. was from there. It was his... You know, triumph that was too. in his backyard. Yeah, so I thought that was a pretty interesting story. So now we get to the the body. So there are about 300, roughly. There's different guesses, but we'll say about 300 bodies on Mount Everest. How do they not know? Uh, because uh, it's international. And so, oh. and there are some companies that are pretty cheap. So you, you can, can get like a discount trip to... <laughs> To, to Mount Everest, yeah, that's with the like sketchy ropes that mm -hmm. that aren't really ropes. Yeah, I'm gonna tell a story about that here in a second. Oh so, no, okay. If you if you take the math, uh, I I had to go on the internet to do this because math is hard. But if you take the five thousand two hundred ninety four and figure out how what percent of that is three hundred, if you have three hundred deaths, that's approximately six percent of people who summit the mountain die. Uh, that's not. Great. Six percent is not great. I mean, if you told me if I was in a group of a hundred people and they were like six of you were gonna die, I'd be pretty freaking nervous. So the five thousand are the people who summited. Summited. Right. Six percent of them. But are not everybody die. who died summited, right? Right. And not everybody uh who tries makes it to the summit. Right. So your numbers get a little bit better if you factor all that in. The mm -hmm. fact that like a lot of people are gonna just not like they're gonna get to like seven thousand meters and be like, nah, B, this is this is this is terrible. I want to go home. <laughs> a lot of people get sick too because yeah. the the pressure in the air up there can uh, cause blood clots, which is a very common uh, mm -hmm. thing. So I was gonna read next. Here we have some of the uh, causes of death. The twenty nine percent are avalanche related. So the that's the biggest chunk. The the thing that most likely to kill you up there is an avalanche. That's crazy. Stuff falling from above you. Yeah. And just mm -hmm. smothering you in the snow on the side of a mountain. Then there's a 23% chance of falling. So there's a lot of gorges where you have to climb over these like ladders over giant crevasses. 23% chance of dying from that. Um, exposure or frostbite, about 11% chance of dying from just being in the too cold. Just too damn cold. Um, and then um, mountain sickness, which is basically what they call cerebral hematoma. You're blood in your brain starts just leaking out into your brain. Like, basically, your brain gets pressure put on it because it's bleeding. And your brain's not supposed to have, your skull's not supposed to have blood in it. And so that blood presses on your brain and can cause you to die. Mm. Um, that kills about 10% of people. And then other is 27. So that's heart attacks, strokes, um, the, the normal type of stuff that could kill people on a mountain. Has anyone committed suicide on Everest? Yeah, that was the story I was going to get ready to tell. It's oh. pretty much a, a story. So there was a guy named uh, David Sharp. He was a British climber. He paid a company called Asian Exploration 7000 
U.S. dollars to be able to climb Mount Everest. As an idea, the other people who were climbing in his in the same day he was had paid forty and fifty thousand dollars and were with like real legit outfits. So he got like the suit. He was like at the dollar the, store. Exactly, absolute cheapest you could get. <laughs> he didn't even have Sherpas. He was going to climb by himself. Oh my god! It was him with not with a team and not with Sherpas. Just him by himself, just all alone. Seven thousand dollars, mm-hmm. and he. Went way later than everybody else. People saw him walking up, trying to summit, like, way after everybody else was coming down. He made it to the top, but on his way down, he got way too cold and got way too lost and went into a cave. And in that cave, he just sort of sat down and started freezing, and he got frostbite all over him. And then people passed him in that cave and saw him, but they couldn't get him to move. He... He was just sitting there and they knew he was alive and they tried to get him to move and they spent, you know, 45 minutes with him trying to get him to move and he just wasn't, he wasn't coherent. He was fighting them. He couldn't move. He had frostbite all over. So they just left him there. They just left him there to die in that cave. Uh, People went right past him and just left, which is a really sad story. But um, I don't know that, I I don't know if he, if he wanted to die up there because the way he went about going up there seems like maybe he wanted to die. Maybe. Yeah. I kind of would, my, I would think all of them want to die. Yeah. I mean, it seems certainly. <laughs> I mean, they all have a death like, wish. Pretty, pretty freaking crazy. <laughs> and so, yeah, that's, that's sort of some statistics uh, about the, the people that die up there. And I think it's really interesting too that if you look at the countries, um, 115 of the bodies up there are people from Nepal. So by a long shot, it's the Sherpas who have been dying up there. That's messed up. Not the tourists. Because the next thing is Japan at 19 deaths uh, mm. up there. So it, there's a lot of Japanese, but way, way more. Uh, yeah. Five times more people from Nepal die up there, which is sad because it's their own people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But they're so dependent on the money. Yeah, that's what I was going to get at the next point i was going to get well, at is that the reason how many americans are up there there are approximately 14 americans um uh, frozen stuck to the side of mount everest near the top of it Jeez. yeah just sort of up there there's a place called rainbow valley where you can just it's called that because of all the jackets of dead bodies you can see they're all different colors and you look down on rainbow valley and it's bodies that's bizarre isn't that crazy Yes. Mm-hmm. And they're frozen. So this is, I think, a good time for me to answer the question that I think is on the tip of everybody's tongue is, why are those bodies still up there? Uh-huh. And I did want to cover that. So there are several reasons. One is cost, obviously. It would be very expensive to go up to Mount, to the top of Mount Everest. Number two, the oxygen level is so low, above 8,000 meters, that you are you really only carry enough oxygen for you. There's... Enough to get you up there and down, and that is it. Like, you are running low by the time you finish, which means if you stop to help somebody and carry them, then you're both just going to run out of oxygen and die. What if you just tie a rope around them and pull them? They are frozen so hard to the mountain that Mm. you can't pry them apart. It would take a tremendous amount of force to get them out because they are frozen solid. They're basically rock at this point. Oh. Yeah. Another reason is because the Tibetan religion, um, a lot of the religions of the Sherpas, they are very hesitant to to touch bodies on the mountains. As a rule in their religion, they believe people should be dead for three days before you move the body because your bot your consciousness leaves your body in stages. So even if even if we did res- if we respect their religion and do what they say, by the time three days have passed, there ain't no getting that body back. It's mm. it's frozen solid to the mountain. Wow. And then another reason 
that we don't do it is because the amount of money it would cost to get the body off of the mountain and the amount of damage it would do to the mountain itself to get equipment up there to try to rip these bodies off the mountain and bring them down would do so much more damage to the environment than people climbing it already do. Right. So there's oh. several f factors into why they don't go get these bodies down. Um, but the part that's mind-blowing is that people just walk past them. Hmm. I want you to remember that. That's an important part to this story. And just briefly, I was going to cover another mountain because you'll see why in a second. There's a mountain called K2. That's the name of it. It's in the Karakoram uh, range of Pakistan, Kashmir, and China. It's kind of confusing, but China is an administered administers the territory or part of the territory of Kashmir. So it's partly Kashmiri, which is Indian, partly Chinese, and partly Pakistani. The mountain's kind of in a weird spot where it's confusing, but essentially it's owned by those three countries. Mm -hmm. It is known as the Savage Mountain because of the five highest mountains in the world, K2 is the deadliest mountain. K2 is the second highest mountain, so it's not much shorter than average. In fact, Everest in fact, it is 8,611 meters or 28,251 feet. Mm. So we're only talking 1,000 feet less. It's not that much smaller, but it's way, way harder to climb. And people don't climb it like they do Everest because it's so deadly. In fact, for every four people that reaches the summit of K2, one person dies. It's 22% death rate. As of February 2021, only 377 people have ever made it to the summit of K2. So, question, mm -hmm. do those people, do the, the bodies on K2 get left there? Yes, they do. That was the reason I was going to mention this. In fact, the bodies, there's, the bodies on K2 are even worse in a way because there's even less of a chance of getting them off because it's so much harder of a mountain. And so there's about 86 bodies on K2 that are frozen to the mountain. And it's similar to Everest in the sense that there's nothing you can do about it. Do Sherpas go up K2? Yes, they do. Okay. So they have, there's theoretically some assistance yeah. to get you up. Yes, there is. Part of it. But unlike Everest, there's not fixed ropes to the summit. So every single person who summits K2 has to do the last leg of it with no fixed ropes. You're on your own. You're on your own. Good luck. <laughs> um, and yeah, and 22.86% of people who try to climb that mountain die. That's wild. That mountain is really, really deadly. A lot of people don't know about that mountain. So I wanted to bring that up as a little bonus uh, to if you were interested in Everest, look, K2 is even crazier and scarier and more deadly. And so that brings me to the point of all of this, because I wasn't just rambling about all of this for no reason. Oh. Yeah, I know. I've went on for 20 minutes and it <laughs> seems like it didn't have a point, but it does. <laughs> so follow me here. We in the pandemic... It's like we're in the death zone of Mount Everest. Mm. So we're all living in this area where we're above 8,000 meters. Our bodies are dying. We could die. We could, we could die from this mm. pandemic. Mm. We're all in it, and we're all looking at each other. And it seems like the way the news is today, we've decided to repeal all the mask mandates. We've decided no vaccine mandates. We've decided Coachella is just going to go on. The governor of California is talking about going to the endemic phase of things, <laughs> even though he's not a scientist. Right. So it seems to me like the message I'm getting from the government is ignore all those bodies, just climb over those and make it to the summit. Yeah. That is the message that I've been getting from basically America, American authority. And to me, it sounds a lot like asking me to walk past the bodies on Mount Everest. 
Hmm. And I, I can't do it. I can't, just like I wouldn't walk past the bodies up there, I can't do it down here either. And I think it's fucked up that they're expecting us to do it. Because that's what it feels like. I mean, in the case of Everest, it's worse because you have to actually see the body. You may even have to hold on to the body while you're or, climbing. Or, yeah, use it to climb. But in this case, the metaphor is still there. I feel like they want us to climb over the bodies of all the people we've lost. And to just keep climbing and keep well, trying to summit. And all the people that we're still losing. Right. And that, and, and that I know there's a chance it could kill me or you or anybody else I love. And so... The reason all this is really interesting to me about the mountain is because we've agreed culturally that it's fucked up people do that on Everest. You can talk to anybody about the bodies on Everest and they'll have an opinion and it's usually that it's horrible. But the same people don't see what we're doing with this pandemic as any anyhow related. Well, also there's the point that I just just the comparison of like a lot of a lot of us uh in the woke tribe <laughs> would say that Climbing Mount Everest is um, participating in the exploitation mm-hmm. of the Nepalese people. Yeah, and their your, land, and their and their their land, and their resources, and their human beings, obviously, because mm-hmm. they're dying too. In turn, kind of mirroring that here in the states, it's like we're putting value on business mm-hmm. and uh, tourism mm-hmm. at the the to, to to risk lives yes in the pandemic and instead of sherpas dying we have the ill and you know infirmed and elderly and who kids are, and kids who and are dying kids under five can't get vaccinated yet yeah and they're the ones hauling all of us up this thing and we're just climbing over we're them. just yeah we're clamoring over dead bodies to make it to the summit to because get to the summit of uh a freedom, I endemic? guess. Endemic? Yeah. Is the summit endemic? I if guess this so. this is a comparison? I guess so. I guess the summit is the endemic of freedom. And Gavin, what's his name? Newsom. Newsom. Is our Sherpa yeah. leader taking us to the top? Yeah. Now, I was interested in these things completely separately, and it just occurred to me that one is a great metaphor for the other. Mm. Um because the pandemic is something that bothers me, and then the, the bodies on Everest is something that bothers me. And it has occurred to me that the two may be related in a lot of ways. The more I've thought about the metaphor, the deeper it goes. There's certainly a parallel there. Mm-hmm. And yeah. the more I think about it, the more I'm just like, yeah, that is what's happening. And it's really fucked up, and it's sad, and it's it's wrong, but there's nothing I can do about it. All I can do is make shows like this where I, where I put it out there in the world and go like, huh? And uh, see what happens. And like the bodies on Everest, will we start using our own as landmarks? Like, yeah, we're like, hey, straight ahead, but take a left at yeah. Bob's Mima. Or yeah, or you'll be like, when did that happen? It'll be like it was in between when Betty White died and whenever whoever else died. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. our chronology is going to be just between deaths from COVID. It's really yeah, fucked up. Or, Betty White didn't die from COVID. Though. Well, I know, but you know what I mean. Yeah, no, I, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, but um, I think. It's a good parallel in large part because people are still dying. Mm -hmm. And also because although our numbers have come down here recently in case numbers, um, where they are right now is still equal to the peak of where we were with the Delta. Yeah. The Delta surge. It's equal to the peak where we were with the Delta. And we're celebrating that by lifting all restrictions. It's mind boggling. I mean, it really is. (laughs) What? And to me, it really does feel like, I feel like if 
if if we had to do like on Everest and we had to touch the bodies and walk past them and see them, we wouldn't be acting like this. I feel like most people wouldn't be behaving this way if they saw what was happening. But they haven't been showing footage from inside of ERs and what it looks like when someone dies from COVID. And I think that's a problem because people can push it away and push it away and push it away and behave selfishly because they don't know it's not in their face. And I almost wish the bodies of the people who died for COVID were frozen in your front yard so you had to walk past them every day before you decided not to wear a mask and cough on me. Woo! Okay, well, I got a little heated there. That was a little <laughs> passionate. You feel the passion. Feel the passion. Um, I, As you can tell, I've thought a lot about this. It's just something that I find infuriating in a way, but I think I wanted to communicate to our listeners because I think we have some listeners who probably feel the same way I do about this whole let's move on and be done with the pandemic thing. And I really just wanted to let other people know you're not alone. This is weird. And there are people out there like us that are like, what the hell is going on? What are we doing? Right. I don't want to climb over the mountains. I don't want to climb over the bodies. Right. I don't, where's, where's the science here? Yeah. And you're not alone. It seems like everything's gone nuts. It seems like the world wants to climb up a mountain that seems stupid and like there's no point to it and people are just going to do it. And I, I guess that was what I really wanted to communicate because it's what I've realized. It's the only thing I can do to keep from crying is to, to, to examine it and to look at it intellectually because it's so sad um i have to just i have to be creative and try to make metaphors and try to think about things uh on in another way to distance myself from it maybe i think well yeah and i think it's a really like i said a great parallel because most of us who aren't nuts would look at climbing mount everest and climbing over those bodies to get to the top as being insane i know but we don't see it the other way and but i just for some reason those same people many of them would look at climbing over the 900,000 dead Americans to uh -huh. get to some endemic thing that a governor's declaring as being rational? Yeah. And Come I guess on. I guess I just wanted to let our listeners know that you're not alone if you have that those feelings cuz I know I sure do. And I've been thinking about it pretty much nonstop and it's it's just something that it's, 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 it's just there. I just wanted to let you know you weren't alone. That was all I can do. And make a show where I bitch about it and get kind of preachy. <laughs> yeah, and if you feel the same way, awesome. Yeah, like, and if you don't, uh, well, yeah, whatever. thanks for listening yeah. or something. Yeah, <laughs> I, I hope if you didn't find the preachy part good, I hope you at least found the facts about the mountains interesting. I sure do. Uh, people are crazy. And if you want to hear episodes of us being crazy and talking about more crazy people, you can find those on our website. Carolinasnowflakes.com And if you want to talk with other crazy people who wouldn't climb mountains, you can find them on our Facebook. Facebook.com forward slash Carolina Snowflakes. And if you want to send me an email and tell me how I'm wrong and how we totally should climb over these bodies, go ahead. Carolinasnowflakes at gmail.com Gmail.com Thanks for listening. Bye!